Bitches Read Romance. I'm Kat. And I'm Jess. And today we're going to be discussing, oh gosh, our first pick in our Bad Romance Month, and it is Bittersweet Rain by Sandra Brown. But before we get started, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast app so others can find us. We'd also like to remind you that you can find us on Instagram at the PHX Nest Pod and on Twitter at PHX Pod. You'll find those links as well as the link to our blog and email addresses in the show notes. Now, on to the book. Um, this book was chosen kind of by me by force. Because <laughs> Kat, can I tell you something? That you hate me? <laughs> I love you so much. You're one of my absolute best friends. However, Not anymore. <laughs> however, this book made me lose sleep and I fucking hated it. Yeah, so I have this idea that we should do a bad romance month. Because we've been doing so many romances that we like lately. And then I had this epiphany where I found the book that has been haunting me for the last, like, 15 years. When someone's like, what's a bad book you read? It's this one Uh from when I was, like, 15 years old. And I couldn't find it for, like, the longest time. So when I found it, I, like, freaked out and was like, we have to read this. So Jess picked one of her worst books too it's nowhere near as bad as this one <laughs> we'll i thought it was awful episode it's just we'll we'll take you through why it's a bad time but it's just trust us when we say it's a bad time you don't need to read this and honestly we're i don't think we're even doing star ratings this time because we're like we don't know what to do with it so i want to preface this by saying anything we say today is our own opinion we don't want to take digs at the author. No, absolutely not. But we want to express our feelings. I would also like to point out that this book was published November of 1984. That is exactly one year from the date that I was born. It is a 35-year-old <laughs> romance, and it held up as well as spoiled milk. It's just, um, we try really hard not to take shots at authors, regardless of whether or not we like the book. And this isn't like the point is is it to be like oh Sandra Brown sucks that's not it no she's written so much in her in her career that this is just one book out of the literal hundreds that she's written mm-hmm. and it's just the one that stuck out as one that I did not enjoy for like multiple reasons which we'll get into because it's but bananas mean, yeah it's it's part of the problem is that it's just a crazy <laughs> plot that it's hard to like stomach a little bit but um She's written so much that that we talked about doing one of her newer things to compare how her style changed. Because it's been, like you said, it's been about 35 years yeah. since this book came out. And I don't think it's very fair to judge someone on who they were 35 years ago. So this is yeah, just solely for entertainment purposes. And like for me, it's a little bit reminiscent. For Jessica, it's just painful. Oh, it was bad. So, Sorry, um, but we're going to start with the synopsis. Yeah, so um, first off, hi, we're back. Yeah. It's been a month. We are sitting six feet apart, so don't worry about us. Yeah. We also went on a hike today, so we got our like vitamin D and fresh air. Yes, so we did. So we're, we're doing great. Kat yelled at me for taking a break in the sun. Oh my god, because you're the palest person, and then when you stop in the sun, it's like, are you trying to fry your skin off? Like, come on, I know it's only 70 degrees, but... Come on. Sun. Uh, yeah, so, hi, we're back. <laughs> um, Kat has had some cool family stuff happen. Yeah. Um, congratulations, by the way. Why, thank you. You're very welcome. I know. So exciting, and uh, the Tucson Festival of Books got canceled. 
So they did like a virtual festival. Did you see that? No, because I wasn't invited, and I'm mad. Why weren't you invited? I don't know. I didn't even know that was happening. Oh, that's weird. I do know though, because it got canceled. Um, Lissa K. Adams, who was supposed to be here did a live Q&A on her Facebook, mm-hmm. and I got to ask some of my questions that were intended for Christina and Lauren and Rebecca to her. She was really excited, and she answered them. And then That's I ended really up, cool. Yeah, I ended up winning a signed copy of her newest, so... That's pretty fun. That's awesome. So, like, bad news, but, like, slight good news in a different way? Yeah. You had, just, a, you had a better time than I did. <laughs> yeah, it's just been weird. My, my nephew is finally here. Yay! From the 16th. And he's precious. He is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. So much hair. Yes. And no eyebrows. Yeah, all the hair is on the top of his head. But I love him already. Yeah. He's amazing. Alright. Uh, <gasps> so now that we got that over, let's get on to our bad romance. Insert Yay! Lady Gaga's bad romance right here. Yeah. Can't do that, though, for copyright reasons. So no, uh, no. just pretend it's there. Uh, So the synopsis of Bittersweet Rain by Sandra Brown. Caroline Dawson survived the town gossips who scoffed at her. She she survived the slow dying of Roscoe Lancaster, the richest man in the county, and the husband 30 years her senior. But she feared she might not survive Rake Lancaster, Roscoe's son. Years before her marriage, when they were teens, it was Rink who had introduced Caroline to her first uh, tremulous taste of love and then shattered her heart. Now Rink has returned, every inch the man. He says he wants to settle his father's estate, but what he really wants is Caroline, driven by a passion as undeniable as before and more dangerous than ever. Okay, so a couple of things here. I feel that it's very misleading as a description (laughs) of this plot, because you're like, oh my god, like, so the old dude dies... And then, like, she wants to get on with her stepson. I'm like, that's kind of weird. But, like, that's not really what you get in this story. Mm -mm. And the other thing is, it also claims that they were both teenagers when they were messing around before. And we've talked about this. That is a lie. (laughs) There's no way that they could have both been teenagers. Unless in the 80s you were a different age when you graduated high school. And then it graduated college. Which you weren't. That's not a thing. No. You're always 17 to 19 years old when you graduate. Yeah. Unless he's some child prodigy, which it did not say he was. So, anyways, we're going to start there. We're going to start with some age gap problems. We've talked about our age gap. Um, Fun. Like, just our own personal issues with understanding age gaps and, like, not understanding, like, what are you going to talk about when someone's more than a decade older than you? Like, their stuff isn't... It's not relevant. It's not the same as yours. And um, um, so the first thing is, rink is in college. He's just graduated college. When I graduated college the first time, I was 23. And I graduated early. Yeah. Right? Uh, Whatever. So you're usually like 21 or 22. Yeah. When you graduate. Caroline Dawson, the town drunk's daughter, is 15. 15 years old and walking through the woods and happens upon this Mostly naked dude who was doing the skinny dipping thing. He was naked in a river. He was gonna zip up his pants. Oh, what? And that was like her first viewing of naked man. And, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, like, 
So that's our first issue. It's like she's 15 throughout the whole, like, um... All the flashbacks. All the flashbacks. She's 15. She's super inexperienced. Mm-hmm. He's been to college. And just, they're very different. Not just, like, socially different. Yeah, because... Like, age and readiness and all that he's, stuff. he's rich. She's poor. His dad is, like, basically runs the county. The town is named after his mom's side of the family. Her dad's the town drunk. That's a social situation. And then you have her be- her naivety compared to his experience. It's just there's a lot going on there. And that's, okay, so that's just the first age difference in this book. The second age difference, which we'll get to how this happens in a moment, is um, the the father being 30 years older than Caroline. At this point, Caroline is 27. Right, and so that makes Roscoe... 57. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, 57 is not that old, but I guess for the 80s, that would be considered, like, an old man. And plus, he had cancer. Yeah. So, like, he wasn't in the greatest of shape, and everyone always said that he was so mean. <laughs> it, like, caught up with him. And I, when it gets to that point, I actually put a note in my book. So, first off, I wrote in this book because fuck this book. It's going in the garbage the second I don't need it anymore. Wow, that's passionate. Yes, I'm angry. So I wrote in it, and the scene where he actually kicks the bucket, which, first off, I was really excited that happened. I actually put on there, it wasn't just cancer that killed this fucker. It was also his horrible attitude. It says, like, it literally says that he's rotting from the inside out because of his rotten spirit at one point in the book. And I was like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> but it's accurate. Sandra Brown, you went all out for that. Yeah. So anyways, that's the second. And there's one more. And there are a lot of other things tied to this. But the, the like, like, secondary, tertiary? Tertiary. I think I would call it, yeah, the tertiary, because he, the first would be... Because that would be Rink and Caroline, and then Caroline and Roscoe, Roscoe, and now it's... God, weird love triangle with dad and son. It's not even, like, a... I don't like it. But the tertiary story here is with um, Rink's younger sister, who would be... Roscoe's daughter and Caroline's stepdaughter. This is it's gonna get real southern in a minute. Um, <laughs> in a not good way. <laughs> like, okay, but remember we've talked about some of this like being your own cousin or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. That's like funny because that's that's not true. It just could have happened. This is like a thing. Yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> Laura Jane, yes. very southern name, by the way, falls in love with the stable hand. <laughs> Steve. Laura Jane is how old? 22. And Steve is? 37? Yeah. So we have a big age gap there. But in addition to that age gap, we also have an issue that, for lack of better wording, and this is from the book, not from my own wording. No. She, Laura Jane is mentally deficient or retarded. Or simple. Simple. Yeah. Roscoe slow. calls her She's slow. called all of those things in the Slow, thing. simple, the Mostly R word. by her father. Because he's mean and vile and nasty. He's like the most awful villain that's... I don't like ever. Roscoe more than I don't like Dolores Umbridge from the Harry Potter series. Wow, and that's, that's saying a lot. Because I hate her. Ooh, Umbridge is the worst. Okay, so now that I've gotten this age gap issue out of the way so people understand why this plot freaks us out so much... I'm going to take you through the plot a little bit. Oh, God. <laughs> i got to relive it. <laughs> so, 
at the beginning, we find out Roscoe's dying of stomach cancer. He's an old man. He's mean, but she's, you know, Caroline's his wife. So she's going to do what she's supposed to do. She's going to run the cotton gin in his absence. And he's kind of a dick about it. He's like, don't you dare spend my money and blah, blah, whatever. Don't tell him I'm dying. Because he wants the workers to still be afraid of his wrath. Which makes sense, because he's crazy. Um, So, Caroline goes home, and the family attorney, also a very southern thing, has told her, well, I contacted his son, Rink, and she, like, panics. And then it takes us back into, back in time. And we find out a little bit about when she was 15 and working at Woolworths. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and Rink, like, had a thing for a summer. And they, like, mess around by the river. And they would get kind of naked. But they never had sex. And Plus, then he yeah. disappeared one day. In a weird, bad way. He said, I'll be back tomorrow with good news. Because he, like, wanted to marry her. Yep. And he was going to go talk to his dad so he could start, like, for real dating, because he was in love with her. His Caroline of the River. His Caroline of the River. <laughs> and then he just never returns. And then she finds out, like, through the grapevine, like, he got married because he knocked up some other girl. And she, like, is like, whatever. Okay, fast forward. Mm-hmm. She wins a scholarship and goes to school. There's a mysterious benefactor. Which is always kind of, like, an exciting thing in a book until you get to the end of the story and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. You're like, the alpha male did it. It's exciting. It's the billionaire. She's going to marry him. And this time it was not. No, it's not. So she goes to college, which is like beyond her wildest dreams. And then she comes back and gets like a decent job at a bank and then meets Roscoe Lancaster. And he starts like doting on her a little bit and being really friendly and being like, hey, you should come work at my gym. You could be the bookkeeper. You've gone to school for math or whatever finances. I don't know. They don't even say what she got her degree in. It's just that she went to college. Congratulations. You were the town drunk and you did more than your father could ever have dreamed. You went to college. Um, so they, it doesn't ever really say they fall in love, but they fall into like this pattern of always being around and so they end up getting married. It's kind of a marriage of convenience. It's very strange. And, uh, <laughs> and so anyways, they get married and 12 years later, he's dying. And his son has now returned and is now wreaking havoc on Caroline's emotions. And Roscoe eventually dies. It honestly, he died in like a week. Holla fucking Luya. Because he awful. there, I tabbed this book. I wrote in this book, but this the entire chapter that he took to die. <laughs> he was so vile that I could not take notes on how angry I was because I just couldn't. I, I couldn't. I, he I'll give this would. to Sandra Brown. She wrote a good, bad character. Yeah. Like, very easy to hate him on multiple levels. So, Rink and Caroline are, like, going through this whole thing where they're in love but trying not to love each other. And then finally they both, like, give up. They're like, our pride be damned or whatever. And, um, and so they end up finally having the sex after, oh, dear God, after 12 years Timeline can't be right. Yeah, because they didn't have sex for real, for real, by the river, because he kept going, goodness, no, I mean, Caroline, you're a child. Because, wasn't she married to Roscoe for 12 years? No. Okay. Because she, she's 27. They That's started that when say, she was 15. Like, that doesn't make sense. Anyways, so they finally have the sex, and then they're getting along well. And Sarah Jane, wait, Sarah Jane, Laura Jane, who's Sarah? <laughs> who's Sarah? It's a southern name and Whatever. it made it sound right. 
Laura Jane ends up getting married to Steve, which is also strange. So a Vietnam it, War vet. It all seems, oh, he's missing his arm half his, of his leg, too. We forgot to say that. He, he was a, an amputee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a gorilla fighter. Gorilla, gorilla fighter. Gorilla fighter. I don't like that word, because it looks like you're supposed to say it different. But I think that's because it looks spammy. Um, so it looks like they're having a big happy family. Uh-huh. And then Rank loses his shit because people are, like, talking shit about Caroline, about how she's just, like, she, oh, God, what was it that they used to say? Sad. The old something that she was the young bull. What's the fucking thing? The stud? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That was a thing that one of our friends used to say as a joke. Oh, I'll explain that. <laughs> but anyway, so he gets like super mad, like can't control his emotions because he's pretty volatile, and he just fucking leaves back to Atlanta. And then we fast forward a little bit more, and we find out she's pregnant. And in between, somewhere in there, the gin catches on fire. The townsfolk are talking. Roscoe is posthumously being given a fucking award for the best person in the county or some bullshit. Yeah, the citizens award. <sighs> yeah. She faints because there's just a lot to handle here, and that I know is like a lot of weird detail, but that was like that's the, the entire plot. The boiled down to what you need to know thing. That's that is the the gist of what happened. Now we're gonna go back through our list. It's just so much. So first off, on the list, mm-hmm. I have this written down on a whiteboard next to me. I feel there's a lot on here. <laughs> I feel like Vanna White right now. Um. So as we stated, as I stated earlier, in the beginning of all of this. This was published in November of 1984. Yes. The copies that we have were re-released in the year 2000. These are almost 20 years old at this point. The foreword at the beginning is talking about how... I can't find my book. Um, It's talking about how, essentially at this time, you know... This was published more than 10 years ago when this was coming out again. Um, And it's reflecting the trends and attitudes that were popular at the time. But these themes are eternal and universal. As in all romance fiction, the plot revolves around star-crossed lovers. Not all romance fiction now revolves around star-crossed lovers. But it was basically trying to tell us, hey, this reflects the time. But even then... 20 years ago, it didn't reflect the time either. So the foreword's all weird. It makes no fucking sense. I can't express to you people how angry I am. I am waving this book angrily. I look like my junior year high school English teacher. (laughs) You guys! That's what I feel like. Sorry, Mrs. Hurd. We love you. (laughs) There's just nothing that held up well. Nothing. We talked before we started about how technically this has things that we like. Mm-hmm. However, the presentation of those things, it doesn't matter to me that it's from the 80s. No. I still, I like, I understand where some of that language comes from, and it, I don't know. I just feel like at some point you should edit. I want to, I want to write, uh, read a book yeah. that... It came out a while ago, but still holds up just a little bit. This didn't even have, like, a thread holding it on. This aged as well as milk. It was 
horrible. But you're right, it did have tropes that are common in romance. Um, we had a happily ever after, although it was toxic and bullshit and should have never happened. We had a love child. We had a love child. Oh, a secret baby. Yeah. We had a secret baby. We had kind of, I would say, a sugar daddy. Yeah. Yeah, that she makes sense. a very comfortable life after marrying Roscoe, even though it was creepy. Um, there was a love triangle. A gross one. A real gross one. Like such a gross one. It was like <laughs> what happens in awful porn without there actually being sex because he was impotent. It was just really gross. What else was there? Um, age difference. That's another trope. Age difference. Okay. There, there was just a lot. Oh, like the, the, I don't want to say it's faded mates because it's not. But, like, it is. Like, soulmates, kind yeah. of. Yeah. It's, like, high school sweetheart type bullshit. Well, and she says at one point, I think they both say at one point, um, that they were fated to be together. It was destiny. Disgusting. Oh, then the virgin thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Y'all, first time they have sex together, like, real, actual, penetrative sex, he goes deep. And then he stops. Can't even articulate and say it out loud, but he says her name, Caroline. She reads his lips, and the next words out of his mouth were, You're a virgin. That's not how anatomy works. Please fucking stop. <laughs> I put the book down. I literally, in the middle of a sex scene, closed the book and set it down and texted another friend and was like, I can't. Just say can't. There's some bullshit going on right now. What is this fuckery? Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of tropes. That are common in romance, even mm-hmm. now. Didn't they hold up? No. Not the way that they were dead. No. No, 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 So it does hold up as a romance novel. Oh, for sure. There's the a lot of, of stuff in it that is like, 100% this is a romance novel. However, if this was an acceptable romance novel of the time, I think it could have done with some editing. <laughs> like a lot. Like well, a lot just- of editing. There was, I think I told you today when we were done with our hike, this is 275 pages. Right. I read all 275 of them mm-hmm. angrily, and I did it. Mm-hmm. This could have ended without the last, like, 50 to 75 pages. Like, they could have fucked and been done, and then happily ever after could have been a fade to black, or, a, like, a short epilogue. It just didn't, there was just a lot happening that didn't need to happen. It was, yeah. It, it was a lot to take in, and this was my second time reading, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't understand what compelled me to read it all the way through the first time. What was your experience from what you remember from the first time you read it to now? Like, how did it change? Yeah. Or- how did your opinions of it change, or did they stay the same? Or did you find your second experience to be more eye-opening than your first? I think that, like, as a teenager, I was just into reading anything voraciously. And so it would be a thing where I would check out, like, eight books at a time from the library, and I'd read all of them, and I didn't care, right? Yeah. And um, I think that I filed this book away into the V.C. Andrews part of my brain, where I know that it's awful and creepy and terrible, but I've read it and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, those are way more incesty than this is, by the way. And they are not meant for... they Okay, they are meant for young adults, 
they should not be meant for young adults. They are beyond creepy. Yeah. Like, there are things that I think about the plots from B.C. Andrews, and I'm like, it's not really a book written for teenagers. And I'm like, it is. It's like cousins fucking and, like, children trapped in the attic. That fucking flowers in the attic show. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I don't know. It's awful. People go to jail for that. (laughs) I love that your main thing from that is that people go to jail for that. Okay, because the grandma locked all the kids in the... In the attic. And then the two oldest kids have sex and end up being married and having children at the end. That's illegal in all states. Okay, anyways. But I think that at the beginning of my reading of romance this is probably one of those books where I picked it up because there were probably a lot of Sandra Brown things on the shelf right? yeah and when you're younger you're not as discerning yeah and so you're like oh they get published a lot that's that means they're good so it ended up being one of the ones I grabbed and like so like I said filed away in the VC Andrews part of my brain but then it drove me crazy when I started doing this podcast because I could not remember anything beyond her name being Caroline and the Cotton Gin. We and it's in Googled multiple episodes now. <laughs> we Googled Caroline Cotton Gin, and it came up with a lot of things that weren't it. First off, I would like to formally apologize to Nora Roberts because we initially we thought, thought it, was, it was, was Nora Roberts. We were wrong, and it's not. So the second time through reading it, to answer your question, I feel like I definitely saw a lot more red flag type things that people have come to accept in romance, both, okay. both real and in novels. Yeah. They're like, yes, sugar daddies, let's do that thing. But, like, that's not really a good thing. Depend- no. Like, for most people, your morals say don't do that. Yeah. I think I texted you last night and said something along the lines of, Rink had a red flag the size of Texas that Caroline just ignored. Something like that. It, it's, it's a lot. It's, just, it's a lot. It's just bad. Yeah, it's bad. Speaking of... It was just weird, too, that, like, she was the one that wanted to keep it a secret. Yeah. When they were younger, because she was so embarrassed of being, like, poor and stuff. Yeah. And he was like, no, don't worry about it. But it didn't matter. There's just a lot happening, and it didn't make any sense. And the plotline kept going in weird directions. (sighs) It jerked you around a little bit. A lot of it. Yeah. Um... Let's talk about the weird revenge plot. Oh, God. We've kind of tipped into it a little bit. Roscoe. Roscoe sent his men. He had some henchies, if you will. Which is so creepy. Yeah. To to spy on his son. Yeah, because the son kept going off when he was younger and being in the woods. woods. And so um, he sent a henchman out, if you will, to spy on him and finds out that he is with... The Dawson girl. Who he describes as ripe and juicy as a peach. Oh, that that's so how mad. this man that's employed by him describes him to the father. Yeah. And if I remember correctly in that scene, he smacks his lips. Yes. He's a, he's dying in a hospital bed, but he is leering like like a And he's disgusting. Ugh. So he finds out that Roscoe or Rink is with this girl with Caroline. And he decides he's got to break that up. He needs money. He's like, you can't knock up trash. We can't have that well, tarnish your good name. And Mara, uh, what is her name? Mary, Mary Lee. Mary Lee's dad comes and says she's pregnant. He hatches this plan. Rink is going to marry her because obviously that baby's his. Plot twist, it's not. Real dad. No, he knew it wasn't. Yeah, he knew it wasn't. Yeah, but nobody else. Knew. But nobody else knew. Well, 
Rink knew. Probably that dad knew. But nobody else. Yeah. The whole town just thought that Rink got her pregnant and they were going to get But really, married. it was just that she was like the town slut. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also a rude thing to say. And it's in the book. That's what he says. And um, they for- the dad's yeah. forces, oh. forces him to marry her. And then he supplies the money. Roscoe supplies the money for Caroline to go to college, get a degree. And then when she comes back, he orchestrates getting her the job at the bank. And then he's going to go in and he's going to meet her. And he's going to smooze her, smooze her. And then he's going to get her a job at the gym. And then he's going to marry her. Ta-da, Rank can never have her. Yeah. And part of the reason he puts together that scholarship, which she's won for no apparent reason, mm-hmm. is so that she can be out of town when he returns from getting a divorce from Marilee. Yes. And so there's that added thing. Oh, we didn't add in the bonus of... Alyssa ranks not daughter being 11 and coming in at the end and being like, yo, lady, I think I know somebody that you know. Something like That's that. Really eloquent, Justin. Yeah, it was not a great scene. It was dumb. And they described her as dressing like a freak. And I was like, she dresses like Cindy Lauper. Fuck off. I love her. But they're in a small town. Like, that's part of it, too. Yeah. And then Alyssa shows up at the end, and they want to get to know each other, her and Rinko, whatever. Um, yeah, just the mysterious benefactor thing was a lot. And then not only that, but he tells Rink straight to his face, like, I know you're really prideful, so you're not going to have sex with my wife. That's your stepmother. He'll never have her. And, by the way, I made $25,000 off of you marrying Marilee. So, like, not only... Did he have this weird idea to get revenge on Rink for, like, and his reason was, like, you always wanted me to be a better person. That's his reason. Yeah. That's his reason. It's, like, don't take up with trash. Don't tell me to be a better person. You were always so judgmental. And I was, like, what? (laughs) It, uh, it It was just an awful character. She wrote a great villain. Like you yeah. said, she wrote a great villain. Yeah. But, like, the whole reasoning behind all of this made no sense. There was no rhyme or reason. It was just creepy, reason. vindictive, manipulative. Yeah. Like, he really hated his son. And, like, at one point, Rink says to Caroline when they're in a flashback, like, how he just hates his dad. And she's like, well, surely you don't hate him. He's not perfect. No one can be perfect and you expect that of them. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, I hate my dad. Like, he's why my mom died. And he says that a couple times. Yeah. Like, like, she gave birth to Laura Jane. Mm -hmm. And he told her never be in my bedroom again. She had to move. She died of a broken heart. She had to move to a different bedroom because Mm -hmm. she gave birth to a child who had some deficiencies. Yeah. Which is, weirdly enough, the room that Caroline stays in. The wife's room. Yeah. And she leaves the house unchanged. It's so weird. It's so weird. <sighs> Alright, family dynamics? Ugh. I feel like we've talked a lot about family dynamics. Um, Although, I feel that Laura Jane doesn't get enough credit, except for from Caroline. I feel like, the, well, the whole point of Caroline marrying Roscoe, too, is not only because it was mutually beneficial to the both of them, but also because she would be a built-in friend for Laura Jane. Yeah, because they were close enough in age. They were five years apart. Yeah. She was her stepmom, and they were only five years apart. Yeah. it. See, that's weird. She was Rink's stepmom, and Rink is older than her. Oh, God, that's so gross. <laughs> 
It's awful. It's so bad. So, yeah, especially because he calls her mom or, like, stepmom. He does it in a way... To piss her off. To piss her off. off. Yeah. Like, it's still gross. But Laura Jean doesn't get half the credit she deserves from anyone other than Caroline throughout this entire book. Because she can, like, tell when people are, like, not being true or, like, they're hiding stuff. She was the first one to point it out for, like, a lot of things. When she was pregnant, when she was in love with Rink. She actually caught them making out. Yeah. Just, there's just a lot going on. And Everett is going to treat her like she was really stupid. Especially her dad, who we also know about. The other part of that plot twist, that he threatened Rink. He told him, if you don't marry Marilyn and claim this baby, by putting your sister in an institution. Mm-hmm. Which is a real old school way of saying she's going somewhere. I will ship her yeah. off and no one will take care of her. Yeah. Which is such a mean thing to do. Yeah. And so that was why Rink left. That was the real the real reason. Yeah, it was the whole plot was fucked up. That was the section that I could not put notes in because the whole page would have just been read on top mm-hmm. of the text. Because I was just like, I hate this so much. It just kept building and building and then you find out later that like their family Larry Granger knows like a lot of this, but doesn't ever under- ever understand his motivation. And he knows additional bad things that Roscoe has done. And his job was to, quote unquote, keep him in line. Yeah. I think meaning, like, legally what he was doing wasn't wrong, but morally he was super corrupt. And so that was, like, where the line was. Like, morally, do whatever the fuck you want. Well, legally, we gotta keep it on the straight and narrow. Well, if you think about it, too, he didn't want any of his money being spent on the gin, but he wanted the gin to be successful. Right. And they used to be like high quality. They would gin out high quality cotton. Yeah. And now it's like not even the best because his machines are old and broken and you can't get good cotton out of this shit. Yeah. He dies and Rink is like, we're going to fix it. And they're producing high quality cotton now or whatever. It's just so toxic. So toxic. In fact, let's, that's going to be our next topic is toxic relationships and every single person in this book has a toxic ass relationship i mean i know that we've talked about our own personal toxic relationship examples in other podcast episodes Mm -hmm. but this is like beyond toxic for so many reasons like they have a toxic family relationship yep multiple toxic romantic relationships like the most healthy romantic relationship is actually steve and morning yeah and that's that's not even healthy if you will i mean technically it's healthier than anything else in this book that's the damn truth yeah i really wanted the maid was it haney mm-hmm. to get with granger just so that i could have her with somebody and so everyone paired up Pair them all up, because everybody else is fucking paired up. So weird. Well, and it's not even, like, just the main characters having toxic relationships. Like, Caroline having toxic relationships. Because being with Roscoe was toxic. And now being with Rink is toxic as fuck, too. Right. But it was also, like, if you think about Marilee, Rink's ex. Right. She's toxic relationship after toxic relationship. And Alyssa, the daughter, even says so. Like, I don't like her new husband. He's awful. And... I don't, I don't know if that's a product of the 80s, and it's just our new way of thinking uh, and understanding what toxic relationships look like. 
or if that was just we weren't supposed to think that this was bad that we were just be like oh this is a great relationship they're communicating they're fucking not they're yelling at each other he's saying horrible things to her and then he leaves he storms off and then comes back later and it's like i love you he's real creepy and a little rapey very rapey like the first time that they kiss when he returns he's he's like really forceful and then there are moments where it says about how he like Grabs her face. He, or her breasts. Or, like, rests his crotch against her. And I'm like, if people did that in real life, they would be, like, beat up. Like, I would beat the shit out of a person if they did that to me. Like, don't put your crotch against me. Like, <laughs> don't put your hands on me without consent. The First off, if y'all want to read this book because it's banana pants, just so you know, there is no consent. At one point... There's, like, the very end when they're having sex. When they're in love and they've decided they're yeah. just going to make it work because she's but having a baby. But up until that point, there's not so much. She, at one point when she's 15 and they're messing around by the river, she says no. but means yes. It literally says that. Yeah. It literally says that. Because it, the line is like, no, she said, meaning yes. And I was like, but. No? <laughs> but that's, a no is a no. <laughs> yeah. And no means no. Period. End of story. Like. I, it, it's. <sighs> If that part, I think, was painful. I think that might be a reflection of the times as well. There have been a lot, a lot of, like, women's rights movements and stuff like that. Like, take back the night and, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this would have been a little before that time. Mm-hmm. And this may just be the reflection of what an alpha male would have looked like to that generation in that yeah. Decade. Yeah. Which is, you know, unfortunate, but that would explain a lot of what the hell is happening in this book. It is unfortunate, especially considering I do oftentimes enjoy an alpha male when it's done right in romance. Yeah. This wasn't. I didn't like this at all. As I've said a billion times in this episode, and will continue to say for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, we've read books where it's like rough sex or whatever, and this is just not the same no thing. no this because is he thinks he's trying to like guide her and like cherish her sexually being forceful but he's being like too animalistic in a weird way which yeah. i think was supposed to show his dominance but really just makes him a little creepy well and i think too, everything else about him sounds like a thing that we would enjoy yeah he's tall dark and handsome yeah he's got honey gold eyes he's a little southern He's a self-made millionaire. Yeah. He can work on shit like nobody's business. He's an engineer. Yeah. Right? So, like, if we talk about him in that way, as we've talked about other main characters in books, he checks a lot of the boxes for both of us. He's nearly the perfect male alpha character. But then the way his romance section is written is, like, painful. Yeah. If he had been written as a more compassionate... Where even brooding instead of just straight up angry character, mm-hmm. I think he would have done better. Not great. I, Still wouldn't have really helped out this book, but as a character, I think he would have been more likable. There would have been less confusion and pain in my heart, because <laughs> there was a lot of pain in my heart, <laughs> concerning the way he treated Caroline. 
Well, like, the other thing is, if you're someone who feels torn between the yes and the no thing, as she was, at that moment, you make the decision to say the yes or the no. Mm-hmm. And because he wasn't raping her. I want to make that super, super clear. No. In no part of this book, he's, like, really forceful and aggressive, but he's in no part of this book raping her. Um, no. She, <laughs> it's hard to explain without reading, like, the full-on scenes, but, like, I cannot read about her fleecy delta and the velvety petals of her womanhood <laughs> again. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I just don't know how to express, like, he's not raping her in any part of this book. He's super forceful, and he's he's doing things like kissing her out of anger, which sometimes, if written well, can be sexy. He is the 80s Christian Grey. It's just, yeah, it's just strange. Because, yeah. like, if you've ever fought with someone and, like, made out, like, you're making out or whatever, that's, like, what you would think he's doing, but he's doing it in, like, a really weird way. I don't think I've ever done that, but... He's, he's 100% the 80s Christian Grey. The the way... But without the BDSM. Yeah, without the BDSM, but the, this forceful manner and his... And like, closed-off emotion. It, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's very closed-off about a lot of things. I can see that. Yeah, that's 100% the best way to describe him, is the 80s Christian Grey. How unfortunate. Oh, God. Oh, so terrible. Why do all these, like, Christian Grey-type characters have, like, amber eyes? Did Christian Grey have amber eyes? Yeah. I don't remember that. Let's have a conversation about romance eye colors. You know, I read all these cute things on Pinterest about how you should describe eye colors. And, like, why does everyone have to have blue eyes, right? Yeah. And how you can actually describe other eye colors just as poetically. Yeah. Okay. This is not one of those books. One of Jess's least favorite things which I heard a lot about because it <laughs> fucked her, was the eye colors that were described mm-hmm. specifically for Caroline. They were wood smoke. What the fuck is wood smoke? And then I read a little bit further. Plot twist. It's gray. Her eyes were gray. And not like within a page. Yeah, her eyes were fucking gray. Why couldn't we just say? I've never seen, have you ever met someone with gray eyes? It's like a steely blue. You're not going to get because I've seen, like, like you know how some people's blue eyes have their eyes that change color, right? Yeah. I've seen, like, gray-blue eyes, mm-hmm. but, like, they're describing, so later on they describe it as dove gray. Dove gray is more like mauve. Yeah. Like a purplish brown. Yeah. Have you ever seen, a, like, if they had said, like, pigeon gray, then, like, sure. <laughs> I know what that means. If we would have gotten pigeon gray over wood smoke, I still would have been angry, but I probably would have laughed a lot harder at that sad attempt at making a descriptor sound sexy, sexy, but it was pigeon gray. I just... And then his... It would have been entertaining if we started describing eye colors as weird birds. Oh, that would be the best. And then later on, when we get a description of Rank, you know, we do get the tall, dark, and handsome, but he's got gold eyes, is what she says. And the way we pictured it or before we hit record was that they're amber yeah molten gold or honey like a honey brown yeah you're not gonna have they were described as topaz bitch i know what topaz looks like it's my birthstone it's not that pretty not the yellow stuff i mean blue topaz is gorgeous but that's beside the point but i want to <laughs> understand why romance has to say weird descriptors for eye colors 
I think because it's one of those things that you think will be very vivid in people's imaginations if you describe it correctly. If you describe it as a jewel tone, because a lot of times the eyes are described as a jewel tone. Okay, but then you're into the problem of jewel tones not being the same as the color you're thinking. Because, like, if everyone had jewel toned eyes, that'd be kind of scary. That'd be terrifying. Emerald jewel toned eyes. That is incredibly That's like when bright. I wear my color contacts. Yeah, I love those. They crack me up. I have turquoise ones at home. I have amethyst ones at home right now. Hell yeah. Just like, but fun. like you know, they're super not natural. Like yeah. that's the thing. Just why couldn't you start with just the plain dove gray eyes? Like elusive wood smoke sounds like a paint color for your wall. <laughs> it's like it's like if you went to Sherman Williams and was like, I need elusive wood smoke. And they made you this beautiful gray. Purple gray. Like a storm cloud. Yeah. Oh, first off, that's kind of pretty. I would want that. But that is not an eye color. But like, (laughs) I just, it's it's so weird. Not an eye color. But they're also the only two eye colors I think that are described in this whole book are his and hers. Which I would think were significant descriptions, but they're very strange. What is this magical secret baby's eyes going to look like with wood smoke and gold. I don't know. They're going to come out and have a blue-eyed baby watch. That's such bullshit. I'm angry about it already. Um, What if there's a sequel to this? No! No! <laughs> this is the story of Laura, Jane, and Steve because I cannot read sex scenes between them. First of all, this is set in the 80s. I want y'all to know there are not boxers. There are not boxer briefs. You cannot get sexy in a pair of tidy whities You just can't. No, that's not a thing I've ever done. Got sexy with a pair of tidy whities No. 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 The 80s were a wild time. It's all, it's all boxer briefs. And I apologize to boxers. everyone. Oh. oh. They look like old man pants. <laughs> I just... They're always plaid. And you might as well be free-balling in, like, some other pants. Like, well, there's no the point. The only reason why you're wearing boxers and a pair of jeans is so your balls don't rub against the denim. It's literally the only reason why. Anyway. Want to talk about some Southern things? Okay. I am the first to admit I don't understand a lot of Southern things because I'm from the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Which, much as Texas would love to be part of it, is not part of the Southwest. It is not, It's no. its own thing. Um, but... South. We've had friends from the South. Uh-huh. We've had... I lived in the South. Right, yeah, because you were in that special part of Florida. <sighs> they call um, Lower Alabama. I've never really been in the South. I have. Um, aside from, like, traveling through there to get to other places, you know? Mm-hmm. Not, like, purposeful destination. Yep. Um, so when we talk about the South, there's often this overlying issue of we don't know what the fuck is happening. Because the South is, like, a weird foreign place. <laughs> the South is like getting on a plane and they, ending up in Europe. It's like, um, it's like when you go too close to either border. Okay. Okay? Like, if you go to Nogales, uh-huh. it feels like you're almost, like, you're in Mexico. You're already there. You haven't crossed the border There's yet. There's a lot of Spanish speaking going on. There's it's different like, foods. There's different, whatever. When you get to my yeah. hometown, that's how it feels, too. Exactly. And, like, it's the same when you go up to Canada, too. It's not just a Mexico thing. No. 
like, I've, I've been watching Shit's Creek. Okay. And most of the actors are from Canada, and it takes place, like, upper east part of the country, right? Yeah. They're all, like, really affluent. But one of the things that one of the characters is she makes too many of some kind of food. And I said, what the fuck is that? And I was like, it's a Canadian dessert. And I was like, what? So, like, <laughs> so it's not, <laughs> it's that kind of same feeling. The South is just its own thing. It's like Florida, man. Like, we don't understand how this happens and how this is a normal thing, but it is, and so we're going to deal with it. I had the added bonus of living in the liminal space of Florida, where I was in Florida, and nobody understands what the fuck is going on in Florida. Right. But I also lived in an area of Florida that they called Lower Alabama, so I was also in the South. Uh, that's called Floribama, and there's a whole show about it. It was awful. Floribama Shore. Terrible. Where is that based at? Um, God, they say it on the thing. I don't remember. But it's terrible, and it's horrifying. I'm going to have to Google it, because I probably have been there. What's up? Um, <clears throat> anyways, so when we get into a lot of this stuff, I want to go ahead and just apologize if we're saying things that are rude, because we don't understand what's happening. But this is probably what tipped us off the most about the cotton gin. Like, y'all learn about the cotton gin. Eli Whitney. Whatever. Yeah. When you're in, like, middle school or whatever. We get it. But this is all centered around a cotton gin, and it took place in a county rather than a city or town. Uh-huh. So those were two flags that I was like, yep, this is Southern. And then the air company, the airline is called Air Dixie, which also screams Southern. So, like, that was a lot of it. But then we also had some things that we didn't understand about the language and part of me thinks it's just the time and part of me is just like maybe it's just the place I don't know but um, one of the things that stood out to both of us that we've talked about is that they call each other darling but only during the sex I'm sorry but if I'm having sex and the person I'm with stops to call me darling (laughs) okay but doesn't it sound like such a rich person thing to hard stop like a rich white lady. <laughs> this is some rich white lady bullshit, and I'm not here for it. But Southern, right? It's Southern. Yeah. It's, that's some Southern what shit. What was the other one that we were like? Dear Heart. Oh, yeah, and I told you I've only ever heard one person use the term Dear Heart. Mm-hmm. And it was my grandma, mm-hmm. who's not Southern. She's mm-hmm. white, but she's from Oneonta, New York. That is. That is not so far north. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's not the south at all. Yeah. So when it said, and she used to, like, it was like a phrase that she used to say, and she didn't say it very often. So when Dear Heart came up here, and I think he said it, which is even more I'm pretty sure he says it. I was like, what? Dear Heart? Why? What? That's not a thing. But yeah, he also says Sweetheart a lot, which we talked about. I don't mind that. Makes me want to I know that makes you annoyed. But I think... Even more annoying was the multitude of names for vagina that were used. Fleecy Delta. How would you laugh? The velvety petals I of her womanhood. I don't know that you would ever describe a vagina. I tried fleecy. For it's disgusting. It's like she's got a, a sheep. It's like she's got a little sheep down in her crotch. How much hair is down there? It's curly like a sheep. It's like matted wool. Jesus Christ. Need to get a pair of shears just to get to her. I don't know. 
There's that that scene where he eats her out. Then there's also that scene where he kisses her feet because he thought they were adorable. Oh yeah, he like sucked on her toes. And uh, she was wearing sandals and she was outside. <laughs> As people who live in Arizona who wear sandals almost all the time. Yeah. If anybody attempted to suck on my toes after I've been outside wearing sandals, <laughs> I have so many questions because your feet get dusty as shit out here. I've never, I've never even thought that that should be a thing. Never. That, like, I ask someone to do, but I've never been like, man, I really hope he like kisses my toes. Uh uh-uh. uh. Like not even after a shower. I don't don't come near my feet unless you're gonna rub them because they hurt. Oh yeah, but that's fine. But uh, your mouth and my foot should not be in anywhere near the same vicinity. It's it was a gross kink that I wasn't here for. A lot of it was a gross kink I wasn't here for, but that's neither here nor there at this moment. There was just a lot happening with pet names that I mm-hmm. thought were weird. Yeah, being called darling in the heat of the moment is not something I want to have to deal with. No, thank you. Kissing my dirty sandal feet. It's a big no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was just a lot. There was a lot with that I didn't enjoy. How did you feel about the secret plot baby bullshit twist where she's sick all the time? Well, since I had read this book before, I wasn't surprised this time around. <laughs> um, it didn't surprise me that she ended up pregnant because at no point was there a birth control or condom thing. That makes me question Laura, Jane, and Steve having sex. I don't, I don't know. But I also feel that, like, they're in, they're in their, like, he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. She's in her late 20s. Mm-hmm. They never have a conversation about it. No. He literally comes in her, like, at least three times. At least that we that we hear knowing, about. Full on knowing that she's never had sex. Well, he didn't know no, he until did. that. No, he the first time they had sex, and he said, "Oh my god, you're a virgin." He thought that she'd been fucking his dad. Right, but that he still came in her. Yeah, yeah. There were condoms made. There's been condoms made like since forever. Yeah, they're made of lamb's intestines from a billion years ago. Like, gross. They were still there. Yeah. Ugh, God. Just, we get, like, what, two, three full-on sex scenes right at the end. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. He has that weird, they have that weird conversation when, after he finds out she's pregnant, it's the last sex scene, he's concerned about hurting the baby. Again, not how anatomy works. But I guess, okay, but that's kind of something that, like, would be a dude belief. You know what I mean? Like a weird, stupid dude belief? Yeah. Like, my dick is so big. There is a scene where he talks about hitting the gate to her womb. Sir, that is her cervix, and that hurts. I need you to back up. (laughs) Oh, God. Alright, um, moral of the story here, don't read this book. Support Sandra Brown in other ways. But Buying this book is not a requirement. And again, I, w- I just want to repeat that this was not meant to be like, she's a shitty author. That's not it at all. It's, no. 
It's just, this was a book that did not hold up well over time. It was a book with a lot of things that we would like if, it were if they were done, done a, a slight bit differently. Because they're things that we enjoy, and we've said that mm-hmm. in other novels. Yep. And uh, we just, okay. it just didn't hit the mark. Like, there's a checklist of things we enjoyed. It's there, but it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm, mm-hmm. um, but that, so this is like the end, because we're, we're done talking about this We're, now. like we said and earlier, we can, you know. Yeah, like we said earlier, we are not going to be giving the star ratings. If I had to, I couldn't even give it like a quarter of a point. It's like the tip of a star, so small, you can't even tell. But that's just, that's the kind of the point of the bad romance, you know? Yeah. Um, that said, we do have another book on, you know, on the roster here for bad romance, and it's Jess's pick. All right, guys. So let's talk about that, Jess. Um, so my bad romance is nowhere near as bad as Kat's romance. Again? Sorry. I feel like she's not sorry enough, but that's fine. <laughs> I still love her. Um, so my bad romance comes from um the Fifty Shades of Grey era. You're not welcome. I'm, I'm worried. You should be. <sighs> um, so this is Bared to You by Sylvia Day. Uh I know people who actually really enjoyed the series. Um again, prefacing by saying so it's the worst one I've ever read. Doesn't mean it's the worst one that other people have read. You can enjoy what you enjoy. And it's also great to know that we had a couple of guidelines here. We didn't choose Fifty Shades. For we a didn't choose Twilight. Mm-hmm. We didn't choose any B.C. Andrews because those are ones that we felt were already controversial enough and have been overtalked. Yeah. So this book came about in a weird way. We'll discuss it more on my episode. With my biff. With your biff. Um, I'm going to have to tell your biff that he was in an episode. and He's going to be be so so excited. Um, So, yeah, just be prepared for uh, Bear to You. It, like I said, came out in that BDSM weird era. Such a weird surge. It was rough sex books. Like mom erotica is what it was. And it's weird because those already existed. Yeah. But someone felt the need to make it more of a thing and then do it wrong. Oh, so wrong. This is not any better. Look at you, Neil James. Oh, God. Oh, we have a lot to say about a lot. Um, But yeah, join us next time. When we uh, discuss Bared to You by Sylvia Day, if you've read it, congratulations, you made it through. If you haven't, find, Get a, ready. find a used copy if you want to. But uh, Just to follow along with us. Yeah, it, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, so uh, we're going to leave you here with that. Uh, don't forget, bad bitches read romance. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye! Bye!